Book Dreams, a member of the Podglomerate Network and LitHub Radio. Hello, and welcome to Book Dreams, the podcast for everyone who loves books and has ever wondered about them. I'm Julie Sternberg, author of a number of children's books, including Like Pickle Juice on a Cookie and its sequels, and the Top Secret Diary of Seeley Valentine series. And I'm Eve Yohalem. I'm also a children's book author. My books include The Truth According to Blue and Cast Off, The Strange Adventures of Petra de Winter and Brom Broen. In each episode of this podcast, we usually consider a book-related question. But in this episode, we decided we're going to share some heartwarming tales from bookstores because, well, I mean... Isn't it obvious? <laughs> who, who doesn't want to hear heartwarming bookstore tales right now? I certainly do. And I've had such a nice time working on this with you. But we had absolutely an ulterior motive, a different motive with this episode. We wanted to learn about running a bookstore for our own purposes because we continue to be interested in that. And I read an article about two best friends who'd open a bookstore together. And I just thought, oh my goodness, I must hear more. You sent it to me and I thought, how can we be them? <laughs> Maybe they'll talk to us. And yes. And the owner of the bookstore did agree. Plus we heard about nonprofit bookstores and we kept seeing mentions of one in particular in Winston-Salem. And we thought, what is that about? Right. So we interviewed our two guests and the heartwarming part was just a bonus, you know, right. wasn't the focus of the interview. But then we decided the heartwarming part was the best part, which is why we decided to focus on these feel-good stories for this episode. So first we spoke with Valinda Miller, the owner of Turning Pages Bookshop, which is the only African-American female-owned bookstore in the state of South Carolina. It's also the second African-American-owned bookstore in South Carolina, alongside Malcolm X Center for Self-Determination in Greenville. Valinda works full-time doing payroll for the federal government, and so she needed someone she could trust to run the store in her absence, which is where her best friend, Aralee Satterfield, came in. Yes, and there are a few things that we should say before we get started, things that kind of come up a couple of times in the interview. So just to help make a little sense of it. One is Dave Ramsey. Valinda is a huge fan of Dave Ramsey and lots of y'all might already know about him, but just in case, he's a prominent personal finance advisor who advocates in particular for getting rid of debt. We should clarify too, she had two stores, first one in Seneca and now Turning Pages is in Goose Creek. Also, just a note, we recorded the interview a few days before the election, but for various reasons, we're airing it now. Okay, so enough with the caveats. <laughs> we started by asking Valinda how she came to open Turning Pages, and here's what she said. I had a bookstore in 2014 in Seneca, South Carolina, and I was still working, and I would travel there on weekends and work. And, you know, I've never had a bookstore. So I follow what everybody else said to do. Get credit with all the publishing and the vendors and go to all these conferences and buy thousands of books and then return them at the end of the month or the end of 60 days and buy all this kind of stuff. And I think in the fourth year, well, probably in the third year, I realized I could not afford this. I couldn't afford to quit my job. When we got to the fourth year, the landlord said to me, you know, we want to move you out. We can move you someplace else, but we need that space. And maybe it's time you leave. And you know how you, the light bulb comes on? 
mm-hmm. think moms came on and shattered and said, yes, it's time to go. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so I called my manager, who's my best friend, Aaron Lee, because she was working there. And I said, sell everything. I don't care what price you sell it. Sell it. We're closing down in five days. Wow. Mm-hmm. She did. She said, well, what am I going to do? I said, well, you're going to, I have plenty of room in my house. You can, you know, rent a room and I'll help you find a job. And we moved out March the 15th and I got back here home and a friend says, I don't know why you open up a bookstore way out there. Why don't you open up a bookstore in your own community? I said, well, I'm thinking about it now. I'm tired. (laughs) I'm trying to come out of this debt I created for myself. And Lord and behold, up the street from me, somebody said, well, there's a retail space. I said, well, okay. So I applied thinking, okay, I'll hear in a few weeks. No big deal. I'm tired now because I'm still working. Three days later, my friend said, let's go look at the space again. I said, sure. And when I called the lady to say, can I have the key again? She said, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you. The prior landlord gave you glowing reviews and he knew how much you were struggling going back and forth. So he told him, you might want her as a business partner. And sure enough, I got the space and I took my time. I had closed out all credit with every single person I've ever known (laughs) Mm -hmm. and continued on my Dave Ramsey plan. And I took the cash and I opened up the store June 1st. I shopped at thrift stores and Restore and Ikea. I love that store. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. And I had a garage full of books that didn't sell at the booksmith. So <laughs> I opened up accounts. I'm, I'm paying cash only. Don't want anything else. And one publishing company says, well, you know, we'll give you a certain amount of books and you have 60 days to pay for it. I said, I'm not too happy with that because I'm only just starting to open. Yeah. And the first day, because so many of my friends from work and from the community and from the whole area came out to start to support me. It just took off. And I think it's because I knew the people in the community Mm. and I knew the people around. And I had friends as far as DC going, yeah, you need to open up a store from your house. That was the beginning. And I didn't expect to make any money. I've only opened up June and I think it would take us a year or two to get, you know, into the swing of things. And I told my manager, well, you don't have to look for a job. Somebody's got to run the bookstore because I'm still working. <laughs> I just said, you have a job. You ain't got to work at it. I love that. Um, let's talk a little bit more about your friend, Ari Lee. I understand that y'all are best friends. And I'm, I'm wondering what role books have played in your friendship. Well, when I met Ari Lee, oh, my God, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, we attended the same church here and we joined a book club here, Christian book club at the church. And we got to know each other. And over time, I think in 2014, she had lost her job with the hotel industry. She got a job with a law firm and she was very miserable there. And one day I said, well, I have a job. It's in Seneca. And You can live in the apartment that I was renting up there. So think about it. I asked her on September the 5th. I said, maybe in January, you you may want to move. But think about it. Discuss it with your sisters and your son. And two weeks later, she called me up. She says, I'm ready. Wow. I said, (laughs) 
did you pray on it? She says, all I did was pray on it for 14 days straight. She said, it's time. Mm -hmm. She knew. You were already here in your second store when the pandemic started, yes? Oh, yes. And because I learned the lesson from the first store to not open up accounts, to not have things on credit, when they told us we had to shut down the last week in March, I knew my manager, my best friend, was going to freak out because she said, well, what am I going to do? I said, well, you can help me with the website. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell me what books we need to get. We can discuss books and everything. And because we were shut down for over a month. Yeah, it's been so hard. Oh, yeah. And I got a very, very small PPP loan. But luckily, we had money saved. Yeah. 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 Did you two share a love of books before you ever worked together? Oh, my God. The conversations. We would read a book and maybe Netflix or somebody would have the movie on and she would be in Seneca. I would be here. We would be on the phone until one or two o'clock in the morning. Wow. Saying, mm. That's not in the book. This is <laughs> I mean, what's his name should have played that part? I don't believe it. I would go, did you see that bastard in that book? Talking about Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't, we didn't. Captain Jack Black Randall. Oh, gosh. Yeah. There's just certain characters you go, oh, my God, I'm going to just dislike this man forever. And I'm totally with you on Captain Jack Black. Oh Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> A friend of mine saw me walking my dog and she said, I saw you walking down the road, you know, jumping up and down and, you know, shaking your fist and everything. And my husband said, what's wrong with her? And she said, don't you see there's earplugs in the air? She's listening to a book and she's mad about one of the characters. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think said, we've all been there. How did you know that? She <laughs> says, I know you. <laughs> so we have a love of books. We have certain books that we love. We love cozy mysteries. Mm-hmm. Um, we love fiction books. And I think the disadvantage about us, some fiction books, especially the ones that's come out this year, We go, okay, I read that 20 years ago. Yeah, I read that. Can you tell us a little bit about how working together on the bookstore has affected your friendship? I think we've gotten closer. As a matter of fact, my daughter, she calls us the odd couple, Tony Randall and Jack (laughs) Flutter. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Because we do act like them. I am a a clean nerd. I, I like organization. I don't like clutter where she's the exact opposite. <laughs> that she's the exact opposite. So given that you have such different styles, you know, that you're Oscar and Felix, is that ever a problem at work? Are there conflicts or disagreements? And how do you work that out? You know what? We do have disagreements and we do have conflict. But I think what happens is at the end of the day, she'll come home and she'll go, okay. I don't like it that way, but I understand why you did it that way. Or I'll go, I don't like it that way, but I understand how you did it that way. And I think it's because we've been in the same church. And that's why I think this year has brought us even closer because we have realized how much we depend on each other. You know, I'm still working, even though I'm teleworking. She would say, hey, did you eat any fruit today? Did you take your vitamins today? Do you need some milk? And I'll say... Okay, now you're on the Dave Ramsey plan. Let's make sure we stick to the budget. And she hates when I do that. (laughs) (laughs) So bottom line, 
asking out of complete selfishness for Julie and me, because <laughs> we would love to open a bookstore together. Would you recommend two friends teaming up to own and run a bookstore together? Oh my God, yes. Because when you run it by yourself, there's nobody to hash it with, nobody to argue with. When you have two best friends, especially when you have known each other for so long, I can look in early and go, okay, what's wrong? There's nothing wrong. I said, I'm looking at your face. I'm looking at your eyes and your movement. And I know something is wrong or something is on your mind and you don't want to talk about it. When you have two people who are best friends or husband and wife or whatever, you got two different views and you got two people who would make sure the other one stays focused, stays on track. And you got somebody like me and Erin Lee, she would be upstairs reading a book or listening to it. And I would say, did you get to this part? This is unbelievable. How can people do that? And then she'll be at the stairs screaming at the top of her lungs. I didn't get there yet. Give me a minute. (laughs) (laughs) When you have a best friend who just knows you and knows how you love books, like we went voting this morning and a man walked past us with John Grisham's latest book. And early says, oh, you go, are you reading that? You're going to love that book. That's what I mean by the connection. Hey, Eve. Yes? You know what book I just picked up from my local bookstore? No. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> it's Gingerbread by <gasps> Helen Oyeyemi. And do you know why? I can guess, but yes. tell me. <laughs> <laughs> because you said you thought I'd like it. So see, we have that connection. Yes, just like Valinda and Arely. Yes. And don't you love what Valinda said about how on the first day that she opened Turning Pages, all her friends and everyone from the community came to the store to support her? Don't you just wish we'd been there for that? I would have loved to see that. Oh, I would have loved that too. So question for you. Maybe for next week's episode, should we share books that one of us thinks the other would like and why? Ooh, yes, a mini episode that gives me a list of more books to buy. Exactly. (laughs) Well, it gives us lists of books to buy, but curated lists that I'll choose for you and you'll choose for me. And I think that could be good. I love it. And it's good practice too, right? For a bookstore owner to Yes, to, to be able about... to suss out what would make somebody happy. Exactly. So next we asked Valinda to tell us about some of her most memorable moments as a bookseller. And here's what she said. I had been in the other bookstore, which is in upstate South Carolina, very conservative, very Trump supporters, you know, which is okay. Mm-hmm. And an elderly white woman came into the store and Melissa, another young uh, white lady who worked in the store, the elderly white lady came in and just fussed and fussed and fussed and fussed that the store wasn't selling the right products. We didn't have Bill O'Reilly. We didn't have any Trump books. We didn't have this. We didn't have that. I need to speak to the manager. And Melissa said, well, the manager's not here right now. Can I help you? Well, you need to go and talk to the manager and tell her she doesn't know what she's ordering and I need to speak with her. So Melissa tried for 15 minutes to calm the lady down (laughs) and I walked up to the lady. Melissa didn't tell me the conversation. Okay. And I said, hi, how you doing? I'm Belinda. What can I do for you? Well, I don't like the books that you have here. And I said, well, what kind of books would you like? 
She said, I want to see Bill O'Reilly. I said, which one? He has about 18 out there. And if you like, we can order it. Well, why don't you have it here? I said, because he has 18 types of books and I cannot afford to buy all 18 because you may be the only customer that will come in here and buy that one book from here. We don't sell a lot of his books here. Well, you, and she just kept going back and forth, back and forth, arguing with me. Once again, young lady, I want to talk to the owner of the store. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I am the owner. (laughs) She literally turned blood red. (laughs) Blood red. Because Melissa didn't tell her. And the rest of the staff and the rest of the customers are actually sitting there cracking up. Did you laugh? How did you keep a no, straight no, face? No, no, I kept a straight face. And I said, I am the owner. Well, where's Patricia? I said, I brought the store from her a year ago. Now I'm going to ask you again, what can I do for you? Um, um, I have to go home and think about it. I said, I'm sure you will. <laughs> I love that. It just frightened her. And I said, Melissa, she said, oh, no, 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 no. Melinda, I had to see this because I knew you. This doesn't bother <laughs> you that some people don't like blacks. They don't like Muslims. They don't. I said, no, no. My grandmother raised me. She threw down a box of crayons. She said, you see the box of crayons and all the different colors? I said, yeah. She said, that's how God made people. They don't want to face it, but that's how he made them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's a great story. Yeah. And that connects actually with a question that I have, which is how is the election affecting the bookstore? In June, because of the protests, June and July, it went crazy. We had so many sales that Errol Lee was literally at the store 10 or 12 hours a day. And I would go there after work and have her pack books. And everybody was supporting us. And Errol Lee would go, whew, how long is this going to last? I said, Errol Lee, this is our 15 minutes. (laughs) Let's just enjoy our 15 minutes and get back to normal. Now that the politics are here, we do get a, a few customers in there. Early said they come in there and they were they were just bad mouth Trump, bad mouth Biden, <laughs> bad mouth Harris. Uh, elderly couple came in and the lady says, I didn't know you had Christian books. I didn't know you had this. And the husband says, you don't sell none of them dumb Trump books, do you? And Early says, well, we can order Rage for you if you like. He says, I don't want to read Bob Woodward. I've been writing that book all my life. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so funny. I yeah. know it's politics, but I'm going to be like my grandma used to say, honey, we're not in control. God is. Let it go. This, this mm-hmm. Let it go. Whatever happens, happens. You just stay on your path and you just keep on going and you do the right thing. Wouldn't that be nice if I could do that? If I could let it go? <laughs> yes. I need those words. Let's pretend it's not in the middle of COVID. What, what kinds of things do you do to build community? Well, Early is in charge of the knitting club. She is a knitting queen. And that's the first thing she said. We have to have a knitting club. And we have gone to the college to say, do you have any art student that would like to display their art in our store and tell their friends? We have a women's club and a men's club and we keep them separate where we say, we're gonna shut the door, have a glass of wine and we have some hors d'oeuvres for them to sit there and talk about whatever you wanna talk about. And the first time we had a men's club, I think three men showed up. 
in the bathroom. <laughs> I just came for the beer. I said, that's fine. You can come for the beer. But by the time me and Early started talking to him, he started talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we also offer services to the elderly. Like a lot of elderly do not know how to use a computer. So we offer to help them fill out applications on to get social security and veterans benefit because I've worked for the federal government for so long. I know where all the services are and what links to use. So we help them. We got a girl that will come and tutor students if they need help. And one parent says, well, how much does it cost? I said, well, it's $5. She said, that's it. I said, well, we're trying to get the community in here to show you guys we're not about money. Mm-hmm. We're about helping each other. The Chinese restaurant next door to us. We got a great relationship with them. We just walk next door and they say, you know, tea or what you want. And we say, okay. Now what they started doing, they come up, okay, you know, my aunt wants this book and my grandmother wants this book. The latest Captain Underpants comes out December the 1st. And we told Queenie, who's next door in the Chinese restaurant, okay, we put in the order for your son. She said, oh, thank you. Because I'll never let that down. I'll never <laughs> You know before she does what her kids are going to want. Yeah, because we got him the last one. I love that the bookstore is becoming so much more than a bookstore. Yeah. Okay, I have to confess that talking to Valinda and editing this episode, it feels a little whiplashy to coin a term. Yeah. <laughs> because you and I had done some research right in January into what it actually takes to open a bookstore and we had decided it is a lot. Yeah. Like probably best to hold off a little. But then when I hear Belinda's stories and I really think about them and I feel that heartwarming feeling, I want to go open one right now, like yes. right down the street. Yes. I just want to go. Totally, totally. I, I know exactly what you mean. I felt the same way hearing Belinda's stories. And then I felt even more so after talking to our next guest, Jamie Rogers Southern. It feels like the only thing better than opening a bookstore may be opening a nonprofit bookstore. (laughs) Jamie Rogers Southern is the interim executive director of Bookmarks, which is a literary arts nonprofit organization and an independent bookstore in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their mission is to ignite the love of reading. I mean, Mm -hmm. let's just sit with that for a minute. (laughs) Their mission, we could have a mission to ignite the love of reading. It's It's a superpower. Um, (laughs) We asked Jamie to tell us how a nonprofit bookstore differs from a for-profit bookstore. You know, what are the pros and cons, that kind of thing? And here's what she said. One challenge to being a nonprofit bookstore is we cannot push retail sales alone in our messaging, in our programming, everything that we do has to tie back to our mission. Mm -hmm. Otherwise we jeopardize our nonprofit status. We have to be careful in our signage and our wording to let people know that we are different. Certainly when you buy a book from Bookmarks, those proceeds still do stay in the community and every other good thing that happens when you support a local business. But in addition to that, the proceeds are supporting our larger mission. Our mission is not to sell books in a retail storefront operation. 
our mission is to ignite the love of reading in our community. And we do that through programming and through events. We are challenged in what we can sell in the bookstore. So you will not see, if you come to Bookmarks, you won't see cat posters, you know, or something, um, some other sideline gift items that you might see in other bookstores. Do you have any favorite stories of something that's happened in the bookstore, something you've done with the bookstore, just anything that stands out? I strongly believe that books can change lives. I really do believe that. I think everybody in the book business believes that. And one strong example of that that always makes me tear up a little is we had a mom come in and tell us that a book she found in our self-help section about mental health and depression literally saved her teenager's life. She had been having a lot of difficulty and a lot of struggle with depression and her daughter had been contemplating um, you know, harming herself. And the mother had found this book and read it and gave it to her daughter. Her daughter read it and they were able to um, take the next step in getting some help for her from that experience. And you know, I mean, things like that happen every day in bookstores. People inevitably will find that book that will change their lives. And we love helping people do that. See, we promised you <laughs> heartwarming, <Yeah>. heartwarming tales. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Julie, let's keep in mind all the things we learn from Jamie and Valinda as we continue to think about our own bookstore. Okay. So I'm thinking about advice like team up with your best friend. I like it connect with your community. Mm -hmm. And something that Jamie said really resonated with me when she talked about how everything the bookmark store does has to tie back to their mission. It's necessary for a nonprofit store, but I think it's also good advice for a for-profit store, whichever way we go. Yeah, I agree. And Valinda would definitely want me to say <laughs> to all of our listeners and to remind us, you know, listen to David Ramsey and have no debt or minimal debt, just Right. Your mortgage and nothing else. <laughs> right, right, right. I think that's it for this episode of the Book Dreams podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't already. And if you like the podcast and think someone else would too, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Be sure to let us know if there's a book-related topic you've wondered about, and we'll try looking into it in a future episode. You can reach us for that reason or any other at contact at bookdreamspodcast.com. We're also on Twitter at bookdreamspod and on Instagram at bookdreamspodcast. You can find out more about the Turning Pages Bookshop at turningpagesbookshop.com and more about bookmarks at bookmarksnc.org. Many thanks to our associate producer, Gianfranco Lentini, and to our theme music composer, Maya Polsky. You can find Eve at eviohallam.com and me at juliesternberg.com. And check out the podcast website, www.bookdreamspodcast.com. Until next time, happy book dreaming. Happy book dreaming. Love, come listen to Book Dreams with Julie and